At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in, fine citizens, for the Manic Monday edition after a busy sports weekend on the Detroit City Cast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And right off the jump, huge, great news after a, a basically a month slog of insanity and frustration and. Just very, very, very annoying days and upsetting days of having my Twitter hacked and taken from me. Felt like I was robbed when I was in Vegas when this happened the Saturday before the AFC and NFC title games. Uh, I think it was Silly Russians that did it. But whatever, I've mentioned this on the show before. What had happened was I had just tweeted something about maybe Lionel Richie or whatever in Vegas. And... I went back in to tweet something about some futures odds for Michigan and Michigan State, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get into my Twitter. And, you know, I use Twitter, uh, you know, maybe a hundred times a day. I mean, a little more than that sometimes. I obviously post a lot. I'm looking on there a lot. I respond to many of you a lot. I love to interact with you on there. And I I couldn't get in. And then I, I saw that there was an email that someone had logged in from Seattle. Obviously, I was in Vegas, so it wasn't me. They had logged in from an Android. I have an iPhone, so it wasn't me. They had changed my email that had been associated with my Twitter for years to some random email and then spammed the hell out of my actual work email that was connected to my Twitter. And it's just been a four-week period of trying to get in touch with Twitter, which wasn't easy because there's a lot of automated stuff. I, I had a lot of friends and, and people in the, in the business working to try to get me in touch with an actual person that works at Twitter. And lo and behold, huge shout out. And I got to thank my friend Stormy uh, from VSIN and, and my, you know, Dave and uh, Jeff Rieger's brother, the crunchy one, Eric Rieger, who used to work at Google trying to help me and many other people, Kenny Cal and so many others that were doing whatever they could to try to get me in touch with someone uh, as well as myself. I was doing whatever I could to someone that actually works at Twitter. And it, it was the Detroit Pistons. And my man, Josh Schnurr, who were able to get me in touch with the Twitter Detroit people. They obviously vouched that it was me and verified that it was me. And I was able to reclaim my account at DanLeach971 recently, uh, the last hour or so. And I could not be happier. Maybe I'll just, I might just change my name to the, at the real Dan Leach. So that way no, one's gonna, no one can do it anymore. No one can get that new Twitter anymore. Uh, and get into it, but I, I just thank so much to the Pistons and Josh and Billy from Twitter and, and all these people that helped me 
because Twitter for me is something that means a lot. It's a very uh, important way that I, I am able to stay connected to so many of you out there, not just for fun stuff and sports stuff, but for serious stuff, talking about recovery and addiction and, you know, being sober. And, and there's been many people that have reached out to me late at night on Twitter and DM me and, and ask for advice. And, and it's, it's more than just, you know, posting and looking at cool videos and that kind of stuff. So it means a lot to have it back. And uh, thanks to all of you that helped me. And uh, it's, it's live. The Twitter has been reclaimed. The silly Russians are out. And I changed my password to something that no, because unfortunately I was, you know, and I'll give my, my fine producer, Stephen Judd, a lot of credit because he helped me through a lot of this and had some great ideas and, and different things we could have done if I wasn't able to get my Twitter back. But either way, he was very helpful, uh, even with all my annoying calls at four or five, six in the morning. I didn't call him that late. Um, but he, he had mentioned to me when this first happened, I had too many passwords that were similar. And since I, of course, changed them all, and my new password for Twitter is something that is completely off the radar from anything I've ever had a password for before. So, thank God that's back. I feel great about it. Great way for me to connect with you, with this show, uh, with the play-by-play that I do. And I know that I, I, was, I haven't had a chance to read all of them, but I had a ton of DMs from people that were actually concerned about me, like thought something happened to me which I, I appreciate that. I'm okay. I'm obviously been doing shows and I'm alive. I've been doing a lot of shows for Visa to fill it in, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but yes, I'm okay. And I appreciate all the love. And I know that a lot of people were concerned. I had a friend of mine reach out to me that lives in like California that follows my Twitter, I guess, religiously, a friend that I don't really talk to that much, but someone I've known for years and years and years ago, back to when I was a young kid. And they saw that I wasn't tweeting and thought something happened to me and reached out to another friend who said, you know, this guy reached out and wanted to make sure you're okay. So that's, it is amazing. Like, obviously, there's a lot of negatives with social media and technology, but there's a ton of positives. And one of them is you're able to stay connected to people you love and, and, and entertain people and say funny things and, you know, be serious when you need to be. And that's what I look at, at Twitter and my social media as, uh, especially in, in the, you know, the career that I'm in, in sports media and broadcasting. And it's, it's a, it's a really good way to stay connected to people that follow you. I'm not trying to say I'm like this big deal that everyone needs to hang on uh, with bated breath to what I say, but I know that some of you enjoy following me. We stay connected that way, and, and that means a lot to be able to have that back. So it's a great day to be a Michigan. No, maybe not as a great day as being a Michigan Wolverine, but it's a great day to be alive. That's for sure. And we're going to talk today about both Michigan and Michigan State's weekends. I've got the updated kind of bracketology ideas with Joe and Artie and some others. And then I want to have a discussion about the Pistons, who had a nice couple wins in the last few days, a nice win over Charlotte last night as double-digit underdogs, and a nice home win against Cleveland a few days back. I actually got a chance to go to the Pistons game on Saturday with my dad. It was the first time my dad had gone to a live athletic event since the pandemic started, I tried to get him to come to some Michigan games outdoors this past year. He really wanted to, but he had to be careful, uh, as obviously you understand. I mean, older, being in his 70s. And my dad and my nephew, Orrin, the Owens, and my brother-in-law, the Scott guy, saw a great game against Boston. They couldn't win it in the end. And then, of course, Boston loses the next night on the uh, the second half of the back-to-back. But two of the last three games, some nice wins against, you know, the, the Hornets are okay, but the Cavs are a playoff team. And I want to talk about who the Pistons might be able to get in the draft lottery, and obviously the draft lottery giving them the position, and then who they're able to get in the draft, and kind of where we're at with the top five consensus picks right now, and what are the Pistons' chances to have a top five, top three 
overall number one pick to give Cade Cunningham some help with his young Pistons team under Troy Weaver's, uh, Troy Dreamweaver's stewardship. And of course, uh, Dwayne Casey right now coaching the boys. So we'll get into all that and of course take a trip to the Motown betting window. But let's start with what we saw with both Michigan and Michigan State. And we'll start with the Spartans and what a game it was for them. A game that I talked about on, on the show on Friday and said stay away from it. And I'm, I'm still going to stand behind that. Spartans were getting anywhere between four, four and a half. There were some fives out there uh, as they played in the Breslin against number four Purdue. And not only did they play a great game, but to get a walk-off by Tyson Walker hitting that game-winning three. You know, Izzo's team wasn't on the bubble, but they were starting to trend that way that they could end up being on the bubble because they had started so well. You know, one of the better teams in the country for a couple of months. But then the losses started piling up. Started with Rutgers by 19 on the road a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, losing to Wisconsin at the Breslin Center. They did beat Indiana. Indiana's just not. Indiana's playing some okay basketball, but that was a game at, at, at the Breslin Center that Michigan State has had to win. But sandwiched between that win were five losses. Five of six Michigan State went down. Lost to a bad Penn State team who just got embarrassed by Nebraska last night. At one point, Nebraska was covering the game by 40 points because they were up by, I think they were up by 30-something and they were getting nine or 10 points. Uh, they lost to Illinois by five in that game that Illinois was hanging on for dear life with. That game was at, at uh, the Breslin Center as well and then just got their asses kicked by Iowa, 86-60 to 60 in their last game out before they beat Purdue. So, I, I said it was a stay-away game for me, but when you look at Michigan State, you know, they are capable. They might not be the most talented team that, that Tom Izzo has had in recent years, but they are capable of going on a run if all of their cylinders are clicking. I love Gabe Brown. I love Bingham Jr., and that was a huge win for Purdue on set, or excuse me, for Michigan State over Purdue on Saturday, and you had, you know, that a nice game by, by Gabe Brown having 13 points. Obviously, I mentioned the walk-off three, uh, the huge walk-off three by Walker. You know, Marble the second had a, you know, a nice game. He had 12 and three, double digits for Christie and Hogard. Uh, this Spartan team needed that win in the biggest way. And they weren't going to, if they lost that game, they would have gone to the bubble, but they were going to get close. And now you've got Michigan. We're going to talk a lot about this game tomorrow night. Michigan at Chrysler, the revenge game for the Wolverines tomorrow night on Tuesday night, 8.30 FS1. At the Buckeyes, who are still a top 25 team, even though they have had their issues at times uh, recently. I mean, you look at Ohio State, and definitely an incredibly talented team. They just got their butts kicked by a very bad Maryland team yesterday, 75-60. to 60. That was a nationally televised game. So that's not good for their seeding right now. And then Michigan State will end with Maryland at the Breslin Center uh, on March the 6th. That'll be a 4.30 game on CBS. So a really nice win for Michigan State. And they kind of they needed it badly. Uh, that would have been four losses in a row and six of seven. Now it's just five of six that they had lost. And, you know, they won a big game against a top five team in Purdue. That was a great performance by the uh, Michigan State Spartans. And then on Sunday, the Wolverines against that Illini team that hung on for dear life against Michigan State earlier uh, last week. Michigan is firmly a bubble team right now. We'll get to where the projections are in a second. But Michigan just did not, after having a great win without Juwan Howard and Phil Martelli being the perfect guy to take over against Rutgers, a Rutgers team that obviously has kind of been fading a little bit. 
but really metrically was one of the better you know teams in the last month or so until they kind of had some trouble in a, in a two three game stretch they just were really shooting up the charts and had some good quad one wins and definitely were firmly in the tournament they're obviously uh, you know near the bubble again right now as well but you look at what that win was for Michigan after they lost that game to Wisconsin and some great wins before the whole nonsense with Juwan Howard and the handshake line win over Purdue almost by you know 30 points uh, Michigan won that game by by 24 in the end, but they were up by a ton. Uh, that was a game that I gave you on the show and said, take the Michigan money line. And then, of course, they lose to Ohio State. That was the sandwich game. And then go on the road and beat a pretty good Iowa team on the road. That's a, a huge win that got Michigan kind of in the, the last four in and then even off the you know to the, the last four buys uh, line, at least in Joe Lenardi's bracket. And now they're, you know, we'll get to where they're at in a second here, uh, back in kind of that, that treacherous territory. But Michigan's got a chance. Game against Michigan State tomorrow night. Iowa and Chrysler, part of the four games in a row at Chrysler. Then on the road at the Buckeyes at, on March 6th uh, will be a huge game for Ohio State when it comes to seeding and a huge game for uh, the Wolverines when it comes to hopefully just getting in the tournament not having to worry about even winning a game in the Big Ten tournament, which Michigan hopefully will be able to do. I mean, you're probably going to have to win at least one game uh, based on you know where they end up getting seeded. Uh, but a big three-game stretch for the Wolverines to end the regular season, and they'll do it without Jawan Howard Jr. But the game yesterday against Illinois, Michigan missing a ton of shots. Uh, obviously, everyone was fully back in that game. Because remember, uh, Diabate and Williams were out in that Rutgers game. And listen, Jones was phenomenal. He had 25 and 10 dimes. I mean, it wasn't him. It wasn't his fault. Uh, he had 21 from Houston, who obviously had, had some nice games uh, recently. Had a big game against Rutgers. Uh, but in the end, the defense kind of really let Michigan down. They made a little comeback, cut it to two late in the game. But Coburn with 27 points, 26 for Plummer for Illinois, 17 for Frazier. And Michigan kind of letting up in some you know defensive possessions that they really needed to stop the fighting Illini in, and they, they weren't able to do so. Uh, Michigan for three-point land, just 5 of 15, 33%. The Spartans, 10, or excuse me, the Illini, 10 of 17 for 58%. That was a big factor as well. Uh, Illinois out-rebounded Michigan 26 or 28 to 26 and in the in the big moments just seemed to have uh, the better developing plays and the better defense so that was a tough loss at home to drop Michigan to 15 and 12 and 9 and 8 in conference so let's take a look and of course there's lots of bracketologists out there but for our purposes I really like Joe Inardi and and the job that he does I mean, that's basically his only job. And he's going to have another updated bracket coming out later, either tonight or tomorrow. But before that Illinois loss, Michigan was a last four by team. So to me, after, and so was Rutgers, who Michigan just beat. Based on what happened against Illinois, I mean, obviously Michigan didn't lose to a bad team. And Leonardo even talked about this last week, saying in his bracket bunker, that as long as the Wolverines didn't lose to a team that was behind them, which of course Illinois is not, they're ahead of them, that Michigan still probably is going to get in uh, regardless, you know, what happens uh, with wins and losses, the, the, the last, uh, you know, part of this regular season. The win over Rutgers obviously was huge because Rutgers and Michigan are really close to each other. But when you look at what Michigan's got left on their schedule, uh, I mean, the Spartans obviously have fallen down a lot, but Michigan State's still theoretically ahead of Michigan. Iowa definitely is, and Ohio State is. So, you know, you got to, I think you got to win one of those games. But based on what Lenardi said, based on the Big Ten's metrics, the fact that Big Ten's got a great chance of getting nine teams in, that as long as they don't lose to a team behind them, which would probably be the next chance in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, they should get in. And of course, I think Michigan's going to probably have to win that first game of the Big Ten tournament anyway. So they're probably going to fall back into that last four line 
uh, when Lenardi gets his next bracket update, mentioning that it's probably going to come out uh, later uh, on Monday night or uh, early on Tuesday. And, you know, when it comes to the Spartans, the Spartans, as I mentioned, have been firmly in the tournament for a while now, but their seeding's kind of taken a hit uh, as of late with some of these losses piling up the four of five losses the Spartans had, and then five of six, and now they're getting that big win over the weekend, the walk-off against Purdue. Their seed has gone down. At one point, I think I saw them as high as a four or five. Now they're a seven seed in Lenardi's bracket, playing a team like Creighton or Rutgers uh, or a team like Michigan. I don't think they're going to play Michigan, Michigan State, and face them each other in the first round. But those are teams that are looked at as 10 seeds right now, a team like Wake Forest. Uh, but Michigan State, with that win, they could go up to the sixth line uh, after that nice win over a top-five team in Purdue. Because, you know, you look at Purdue as a two-seed right now. Uh, they're obviously going to fall out, maybe stay as the, the last two seed or the top three seed after that loss. But you look at the six line, and it would be a team like Davidson, North Carolina, uh, TCU, Loyola, Chicago, Memphis, a team like that for Michigan State uh, in their first round game. So that's where we're at uh, with both the Wolverines and the Spartans, and we are getting closer and closer to Selection Sunday, under two weeks away. Conference tournaments got started you know, earlier today. Uh, or I'm sorry, later tonight on, on Monday, and we'll go throughout the week and next week. So this is a great time of year to be a college basketball fan. And I can't wait to be back in Vegas for the first weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament. I've never been out there for that. I've had a lot of friends that have gone that say it's just an incredibly fun weekend. Pool parties and clubs and the games and all that stuff. So looking forward to being out there and giving you a ton of flavor uh, for the first weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament out in Las Vegas. All right, coming up next, as I mentioned, the Pistons, two nice wins in their last three games. It's not going to really change anything because they are a 15-win team and, you know, easily one of the two or three worst teams in the NBA this year. But the future looks bright. Young guys like Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart. What could the Pistons potentially do in this upcoming draft? I'll give you kind of where we're at with the top five consensus picks that would be coming up in the June 2022 NBA draft and the Pistons' chances to get maybe the overall number one or at least be in the top two or three. We'll get to that coming straight up here on the Manic Money Edition of the Detroit CityCast brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So you look at the Detroit Pistons, of course, one of the worst teams in the NBA. I mean, obviously, Orlando has one less win than them, and they have the same amount of wins the Pistons do as the Houston Rocket Chips, who've lost nine in a row, by the way. Detroit and Orlando, by the way, three and seven in their last ten. But, you know, when you you got a young team with guys like Cade Cunningham, the overall number one pick from this last draft, and Sadiq Bey, who I love, and a monster game against Charlotte in the win on Sunday night, and, and Isaiah Stewart, of course, Jeremy Grant will probably be trade bait. But when you look at... The future for this team, of course, they've got to get another piece for Cade Cunningham. And I thought we'd take a second here to first take a look at what the Pistons' chances are to draft overall number one. And there's a great site, if you're not aware of it, called Tankathon. You can do this for all the different sports. Major League Baseball, which isn't as important because they have 8 million rounds in their draft. The NHL, of course, the NFL, and the NBA. And the NFL is always based on record and not uh, bouncy balls and ping pong balls or 
you know, digital ping pong balls to, to figure out who's going to be drafting in, in what spot. And you can also simulate the lottery, uh, which I'm going to do right now, live on the show. So, of course, the, the Orlando is the worst record in the league. They'd have the best chance. Uh, they've changed the rules now, so actually it'll be three teams that have the best chance, the, the bottom three. Uh, but I'm going to simulate the lottery right now. So the Pistons have, along with Orlando and Houston, a 52.1% chance at being a top four pick. And, of course, if you're Detroit and you finish in the bottom three or four, at worst you want to be in the top three or four uh, as far as the, the draft goes. And then Detroit, Orlando, and Houston, as long as the Pistons end in one of those bottom three spots, will have a 14% chance of picking overall number one. Uh, 12.5% chance for the team in the fourth spot, 10.5% chance for the team in the fifth spot, then it goes down to 9%, 7.5%, 4.5%, etc. cetera. So let's just do this for fun. We'll simulate the lottery three times and see where the Pistons draft. First selection, they're drafting fifth. Ooh, that's not good. Second simulation, they're drafting fourth. That's better. And third simulation, they're drafting fifth again. You know what? I've changed the rules. I'm going to the four times. Four out of seven. Ain't bad. One more time. Can they get to number one? No, they stay at five. But of course, it's a simulation. We'll see what happens with the real bouncy balls, uh, those digital bouncy balls at the draft lottery during the conference championship series uh, coming up later in the summer. So when you look at what could potentially be there for Detroit, lots of things will change. Of course, there's a lot of college basketball left. There's combines, all that kind of stuff. But right now, the consensus, and I know this team just lost in a tough one on the road to Tennessee over the weekend, but they should be uh, a number one seed. Maybe at worst, they'll be a two seed. Is Auburn's Jabari Smith, the freshman, 6'10", 220 pounds. This is a, an incredibly well, you know, a, a well-athleticized kid who is a big man that can shoot it like Carl Anthony Towns can. Uh, you know, this guy's the best shooting power forward in college basketball, averaging 43.3% for three-point range this season. He loves stepping into his jump shot, will let it fly in transition, gets the pick and pops, has great footwork, uh, and this is the kind of guy that could be a franchise changer as well. I mean, when you pair him with someone like Cade Cunningham, that could be the two, you know, the one-two punch the Pistons need to really kind of start moving up and to be a contending team. So he's got the overall number one pick right now. Now, when you go down... To the next few, there's some that feel that some of these guys are higher than others and, and others are lower than others. But Chet Holmgren, who's with the Pistons, if they were drafting the two spot, I think they would take the freshman for Gonzaga, averaging almost a double-double a night, almost 15 points and 10 rebounds. He's obviously dominated the West Coast Conference. Uh, you know, Gonzaga did lose that game to to St. Mary's over the weekend, which I called on, on the Bet Center show. I had a big play on uh, St. Mary's when I was coaching that show over the weekend. Uh, but this is a guy who's seven feet tall, uh, really is is the kind of player that can change a franchise as well. He can, you know, step into three-point shots, of course, rebound like the best of them. He has at times earlier in the season this year had some trouble against tougher competition, but this is going to be interesting to see how he plays in the NCAA tournament. That can go a long way to making him maybe the overall number one or possibly, you know, in the top two or three. Uh, so Chad Holmgren, definitely a, a possibility for the Pistons if they pick in the top four or five. Then you've got Paolo Bonchero, the freshman from Duke, 
another incredible player, 6'10", 250. He's averaging almost a double-double. Uh, Duke's really playing some great basketball, and he's been a big part of that. He's looked at as a top three pick, top four pick. Uh, Jaden Ivey, the sophomore from Purdue. Of course, people in this area, in Big Ten country, notice how good Jaden Ivey is. Uh, averaging 17 points a game, five rebounds a game. Uh, his three-pointer was like as hot as could be. Earlier in the year, it's cooled off a little way, uh, a little bit in these, these recent games. But he's definitely... Uh, a huge factor for his team, and I think that watching him in the tournament could really give him, uh, if he has a good tournament, a, a bump maybe to be a top two or three pick, along with some of these other guys we're talking about, uh, based on who has a, a better tournament. It's not all about who has a great tournament, uh, but if you if you you know go on like a Steph Curry run with Davidson or Kemba Walker with Connecticut, you're going to definitely shoot that draft uh, you know uh, position up because the tournament is of course playing against the best competition. Uh, in college basketball. And then uh, right now, around number five, Shaden Sharp, the freshman Kentucky, uh, has not played this year, but he's definitely going to be a, a possibility in the top five. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Other guys that maybe are going to be up there possibly is Jalen Duran, the freshman from Memphis, 6'11", 250 pounds. He almost averages a double-double per game as well. Keegan Murray, the sophomore from Iowa, which Big Ten fans will, uh, and Michigan and Michigan State fans will be familiar with. He's averaging almost 24 points a game and almost nine rebounds a game. Johnny Davis, the sophomore from Wisconsin. It's nice seeing all these Big Ten players in the top, you know, 10 uh, possibilities when it comes to the NBA draft. And then A.J. Griffin, the freshman from Duke, averaging almost uh, 10 points a game. And Benedict the third, the sophomore from Arizona. I know some of those Arizona games uh, are late at night for you here on the East Coast, but he's averaging uh, almost 20 points a game. And, you know, Arizona just lost a bad game to Colorado, but, you know, it lost two games all year until that. Could be a two-seed, could be a one-seed in the NCAA tournament, so we'll see uh, what happens with uh, Mathurin and his run uh, in the NCAA tournament for the Wildcats. That's kind of where we're at with the consensus top ten or so. And, of course, the Pistons, as long as they stay in one of those top three spots, have a good chance of picking in the top three or, at worst, number four. I know we just simulated the lottery, uh, which is a simulation, and they were that fifth spot three of, the, of one of the four times we did it. You know what? I'm going to do it two more times. Now Detroit picked sixth. All right, so going backwards. And now they pick fifth. So we can't get them up there uh, higher than fourth, but, I, you know, we, we'll see how it happens uh, when the actual draft lottery with the real, uh, you know, digital uh, ping-pong balls uh, gets taken care of. And, of course, there'll be odds later on in the year of who will go number one, who, the you know, each team is going to select. So we'll be able to talk about those with you as well. All right, coming right up, we'll take a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by Brett Rivers right here on the Manic Money edition of the Detroit CityCast. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Take that trip to the Motown betting window presented by Bet Rivers. There are no really local games to discuss for tonight, but we do have a look at line for the Detroit Red Wings, who come off that insane 10 to 7 loss, almost tied for the most goals combined in the modern NHL's history uh, against the Maple Leafs over the weekend. I mean, at one point, you had a natural hat trick by Toronto. Four goals in like four minutes or so, or five minutes or so, for the Red Wings. Every time you looked up, another goal was scored. So the Wings back on it 
against the Hurricanes. That game will be at 7.30 on Tuesday night, uh, right before Michigan-Michigan State. Uh, the Red Wings look at line as them, plus 195. Hurricanes minus 235 at Little Caesars Arena. Puck line Hurricanes minus 1.5, plus 107. Red Wings plus 1.5, minus 127. The total 6 over minus 120, under plus 102. Now, I have no lead on this game yet. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. But after, you know, 17 combined goals against the Maple Leafs, normally you want to think the other side and lean on an under. But somebody tells you the wings are, the floodgates are open. And, you know, they're just kind of having fun and being fancy free and, you know, really skating well to the puck in open space. And I think you might see a lot of goals scored again because obviously Carolina, one of the better scoring teams in the NHL, uh, and that, that total at six over minus 120 is probably going to go up. It could get to six and a half. It could be over six minus 125. Uh, but I think, you know, that's the lead for me right now would be the over. Uh, I don't trust the Wings to win this game. Of course, Detroit's still having all, all these issues playing against, you know, good competition. Uh, Toronto was an example of that. And LCA over the weekend, obviously, they almost made a great comeback. At one point, I think they were down, it was six to one. And then they cut it to a one-goal game, and I think it was nine to eight, or nine to seven, or I'm sorry, eight to seven. And then of course the Maple Leafs scored two uh, unanswered to make it a ten to seven final. But that's where we're at with the Wings on Tuesday. The Detroit Pistons coming off their nice two of last three wins over Cleveland, and wins a win over uh, Charlotte last night uh, as double-digit dogs. Uh, I know there were some nine and a halfs out there, uh, but the the Pistons definitely, you know. Did not expect them to win that one outright, but 127 to 126, the final in overtime. Sadiq Bay with a huge game, 28 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Detroit will be back at it tomorrow against the Wizards in Washington. Seven o'clock start. There will be no, there is no look headline right now. My my guess is, you know, because the Wizards, not a great team either, uh, but as they, they have 12 more wins than the Pistons, uh, I'm thinking the Wizards probably four and a half, five, something like that is my guess on where that line will be. We'll let you know more about that. Tomorrow, and then Michigan, Michigan State, of course, the huge contest. Tuesday night, 8.30, I have a big brisket party with my neighbors. Uh, so I'm excited about that, to watch the game. Uh, and you look at this game, there's no look headline yet. I'm guessing it's going to be close to a pick maybe Michigan minus one. Uh, it could be Michigan State minus one. We'll see what the public does when the line comes out. But, of course, we'll get right to that uh, tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of the Detroit City Guest, the terrific Tuesday edition on the Detroit City Cast, but that's going to be a huge game for both teams. Bigger for Michigan because Michigan's trying to make the tournament. Michigan State is still firmly in it right now, not on the proverbial bubble as of yet. Uh, but if Michigan wins that game, Michigan State could move closer to that bubble and be a last four buy-in or a last four team in because uh, they've had a rough go of it uh, the last few weeks in Big Ten play. So a big game coming up tomorrow night. We'll talk a lot about that on tomorrow's edition of the Detroit City Cast. And until then... Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. I'm so grateful to have my Twitter back. So grateful for all of you. And until next time, the Squatch out. Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.